and the reason we're spending so much time with it again is because it's the most important subject in the Bible. You cannot access anything that God has for you apart from faith. So now today, though, I want you to turn to 2 Corinthians, the 4th chapter, and the 13th verse. 2 Corinthians, the 4th chapter, and the 13th verse. And uh, notice what the Bible says. And it says right here, And since we have the same spirit of faith, the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believed and therefore I spoke, we also believe and therefore speak. What I want to center in on today is the spirit of faith. The spirit of faith. You know, the principles of faith are taught. And we've been doing that the last couple of weeks. I've been teaching you the principles of faith. But today we want to talk about the spirit of faith. And this is a good thing to write down if you're taking notes. The principles of faith are taught. The spirit of faith is caught. The principles of faith are taught. The spirit of faith is caught. Um, I've watched many people for many, many years as a pastor and even before I was a pastor. And uh, I've watched people operate in the principles of faith and, and they, they've heard the word of God. They've said the right things. They've done the right things. They've made confessions and whatnot, but faith confessions, but a lot of times those people that are making those faith confessions, those confessions are just so dry and mechanical and, uh, you know, you, you, can, you can make faith confessions that are just dry and mechanical and they're not coming from your heart, they're just dry and mechanical and I, I watch people operate in what we call the principles of faith and not receive anything from the Lord at all. Not victorious in life. Doesn't the Bible say that this is a victory that overcomes the world, even our faith? And so you see people a lot of times operating in in the principles. They're hearing the word. They're speaking. They're even doing things. But yet it's, it's dry. It's mechanical. And they're not receiving anything from the Lord. Why is that? Well, they've got the principles of faith. They've been taught the principles of faith but they don't have a spirit of faith about them. They don't have a spirit of faith about them. We have to have a spirit of faith about us if we want to receive anything from the Lord. Does anybody have any idea what I just said right there about becoming dry, mechanical? Yes or no? And there's, there's a lot of Christians that away. They've, they've heard the word all right. They've got these dry, mechanical confessions, but they're not receiving anything from the Lord because they don't have the spirit of faith. See, the principles of faith are taught, but the spirit of faith is what? It's what? It's caught. Now, how do you catch something? Well, how do you catch a cold? Well, you get around somebody that has one. Is that right? Well, if you want to catch a spirit of faith, you need to get around somebody that has a spirit of faith about them. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you this right now. I'd rather be around somebody 
that maybe they're not saying all the right things, you know, concerning faith. Maybe they're not doing all the right things, but they've got a spirit of faith about them, you see. I'd, rather, I, I'd take that any day. I'd much rather be around somebody. They're not, they, they, don't, they don't have all their confessions just right. They're not doing everything just right, maybe, you know, but they've got a right heart and they've got a spirit of faith about them. They've got a can-do attitude about them. Uh, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. They've got that attitude about them. I'd much rather be around somebody like that than somebody that's saying all the right things, doing all, all the right things, but it's all mechanical and mundane. Do you understand what I'm talking about? How many of you, you like to be around positive things? You, you like to be around positive, upbeat people. I, you know, I don't like to be around da- wet blankets, down-in-the-mouth people, you know. We want to be around somebody that says, I can do all things through Christ, you know. And so, you need to find people like that, that have a spirit of faith about them. If you don't have a spirit of faith, find somebody who does. Find some people who do and get around them, hang around them, and that spirit of faith that's on them will jump off on you, and then you'll have a spirit of faith also, you see. Now, the best people to hang around and have a spirit of faith about them are, are people from the Bible. People from the Bible. I can't, think about, I can't think of anybody better to hang around than people from the Bible. How about you? They say, well, how can you do that, Pastor Terry? They're all dead and gone to, gone to heaven. Well, that's so, that's true. But, but we have a record in the Bible of these people, and we can get into the Bible and study about them, hang around them in the Bible, and that same spirit of faith that was on those Old Testament characters and, and, and New Testament characters, that same spirit of faith that was on them, can, can right through the pages of the Bible, jump right out of the pages of the Bible and get on us. Can you say amen? amen? So let's go to Hebrews, the 11th chapter. Hebrews, the 11th chapter. And let's start in the first verse. Now I want to just read through this chapter with you this morning. We won't go through every verse, but we'll just kind of highlight through here. Because in Hebrews chapter 11, you have listed from the Old Testament people in there, characters in there, real people who lived, that all of them had a spirit of faith about them. And we can learn some things about a spirit of faith from these folk. And let, let that spirit of faith that was on these people come right out of the pages of the Bible, jump off the Bible pages right into your heart. What do you say? Amen. And guess what? You're going to have to do that by faith. By faith. What do you mean? Just as we read through here, just open your heart and believe you receive that same spirit of faith that was on them. Just let it get off on you, okay? So here we go. Chapter 11 of Hebrews, verse 1. Now, we've already covered this. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. We've talked about that. For by it, verse 2, for by it the elders, it's talking about the people here we're going to be talking about, obtained a good testimony. And the King James Version says they obtained by faith, they obtained a good report. How many of you like a good report card from school? How many of you, when you were in school or if you're in school, you like to get a good report card? How many of you like that? Well, well, I sure do. And you see, the people in the Old Testament, and it's the same thing for you and me, we get a, re- we get a good report card from God by faith faith and by living by faith. The Bible says the just shall live by faith, you see. 
And uh, it makes me think of my grandma. She told me, you know, uh, about this little kid that brought home the report card to her, uh, uh, her, her mother from school. And, uh, and, and uh, she showed it to her mother, showed it to her grandma, and, and it had all F's on it. And, and, and the mother looked at it, shook her head. The grandma looked at it, and she said, uh, Susie, what, what all these F's, what all these F's stand for? She, little Susie said, the F stands for fine, grandma, fine. So how do you get a good report card? Well, you know F doesn't stand for fine. Last time I went to school, it stand for flunk, didn't it? I think Susie had a problem with lying. What do you, what do you think? How do you get a good report card with God? You have to live by what? So how do you get all A's on your report card? Huh? You got to live by faith. You'll not get a good report card from God apart from living by faith. And you have to know the principles of faith, but more importantly, you have to have a spirit of faith. All right? Are you with me? So now let's look at verse 4. Let's talk about some of these people who had faith. Verse 4, by faith, Abel, have you ever heard of Cain and Abel? All right? Who were their parents? All right. Adam and Eve. By faith, Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. Now, now, notice, by faith, Abel offered a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. Now, think about it, and it will not take the t- time to turn back into the Old Testament. We'll be here till, till 3 o'clock this afternoon, so I'll just highlight it for you. But if you went back there and you read in the book of Genesis, Abel brought to God the first and the best. Of what he had. Cain. Didn't do that. I mean much we can say about Cain and Abel but. Abel operated in faith. He got an A from God. Cain got an F. Why? Because Abel had what? He had faith. And how can we see. Remember, our faith is evidenced through things we do. And what did Abel do? Abel brought to God from his flock, what? The first and the best. Did you know it takes faith to give God your first and your best? Yes or no? It it happened just, just every time an offering is received. Do you have a spirit of faith about you? Yes or no? Do you or not? Well, how can you find out? How can you know? Look and see what, and again, you know I say very little about money around here, about offerings, but it's just the fact of the matter. You can, one way you can tell if you've got a spirit of faith is go look at your checkbook and see what you're giving to the house of God. If you're just, you're putting in nothing, you're putting in just tipping. You know, there's a lot of people just tip God. Those people don't have a spirit of faith about them. 
You'll find out real quick if you've got a spirit of faith about you. All you have to do is go look at your checkbook. And if you're just tipping God, if you're throwing in something that doesn't cost you anything, maybe I'll say it this way and maybe it'll, it'll uh, get through to you better. If it doesn't hurt you a little bit to, to throw something into that offering, you don't have a spirit of faith about you. Now these are pretty tough words. But I'll just say it another way. If you've never released something into an offering that after you do it, you're thinking in the natural, remember, you can have faith in your heart and doubts in your head. Is that right? We talked about that. If you've never released anything into an offering where after you've done it, you're thinking, oh my God, what did I just do? Huh? Come on now. I've done it. I've done it. There's times. There, listen, there's times I've tipped God when I was a young kid. I'd tip God. I'd come to the house of God. I'd tip him. I'd, just th- I'd put nothing in. Or I'd just, I'd just you know, throw in just very little or nothing, next to nothing. Just tip him. I used to be a tipper. But it's gotten to the point over the years that, that you know, there's been times where, where we've given offerings. And, and uh, uh I seldom talk about this now. If you're visiting, you're going to say, what's this guy doing talking about money? Well, well, the Bible's full of bringing offerings to God. It's full of it. Full of it. You can't get around it. And there's been times I've released things personally, and there's been times we've released things in this ministry to... to, uh, There's been times where we've given the whole Sunday tithes and offerings away to ministers that have come through here. And and, 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 and I'll tell you, in the natural, it hurt, it hurt, it hurt. Hurt. It, 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 it hurt me to, it's like, it's like giving my wallet to, you know, <laughs> we might as well just talk about it, huh? It's like Jane Jetson and George Jetson, you know, remember, how many remembers the Jetsons? And, and he opened his wallet and, and he took out uh, uh, money to, and she took the whole wallet. Is that, remember, how many remembers that? We're talking about a spirit of faith. It takes a spirit of faith to give God your first and your best. I said it takes a spirit of faith to give God your first and your best. I said it takes a spirit of faith to give God your first and your best. Is that right? I said it takes a spirit of faith to give God your first and your best. I said it takes a spirit of faith to give God your first and your best. I said it takes a spirit of faith to give God your first and your best. Can you say amen? I said it takes a spirit of faith to give God your first and your best. See, that's what Abel did. He gave God his first and his best. So let's let that same thing jump off on us. What do you say? Can you say amen? Now then, let's go on to verse 5. By faith Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death. Wouldn't that be wonderful? just to be caught up out of here and, and not ever have to go to the morgue. Wouldn't that be wonderful? And that's what happened to him. And why? He was not found. They looked for him, they couldn't find him because God had taken him for before he was taken, he had this testimony that he what? That he pleased God. And then notice verse 6, without faith it's impossible to please him. So you see, Enoch had such a spirit of faith about him. Now the Bible doesn't tell us too much about him. 
And so from the Bible, we don't know all that much about him. We know that, that he prophesied of the Lord's return and, and that the Lord's coming back, you know, with ten thousands of his saints and all of that. We don't know that much about Enoch, unfortunately. But what we do know is that he had a spirit of faith about him. He lived by faith and he had a testimony that he pleased God. And he pleased God so much that one day God said, I just can't take this anymore. I love this man. He's pleasing me so much that I don't want want him on the earth anymore I want him up here with me and he just said come up to the throne of God now I don't know that that's the words God used but probably something like that you know I'm just improvising there but he come up and, and Enoch was caught up he was raptured up into heaven can you say amen? amen wouldn't that be neat you see it pays to have a spirit of faith and so Enoch you see he had a spirit of faith about him verse 5 he was taken away so that he did not see Death. That's wonderful. And then verse 6 again, without faith it's impossible to please God, for he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Notice verse 7 now, Noah. Let's talk about Noah. Have you ever heard about Noah? By faith Noah, being divinely warned of things, what? Not yet seen. See, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things, what? not seen so Noah being divinely warned of things not yet seen now what was he warned of let's see how sharp you are what was he warned of there's a big flood coming right and you need to realize that it had never really rained on the earth up to that time you know like we had a rain little rain move through here this morning but back there then, people that study these things tell us that it had never even rained on the earth. There was just mist and things that would come up, but it, it had never really rained, and it certainly had never rained on that scale. But God divinely warned him of something not yet seen. And notice the next word there. What did Noah do? He moved with godly fear. You see, that's what faith is all about. You get a word from God, you, you read something in the Bible, you know, and then... You move on it. Real loud say move. You move. You move with godly reverence or godly fear. And then notice that next word is what? Is prepared. See, faith will cause you to move. Faith will cause you to prepare when there's no reason in the natural to do so. All you have is the word of God. I remember one preacher said that the Lord directed him to, to go out and, and, and travel around to churches, you know, and, and preach in different churches. And at that time, he didn't have one invitation. Nobody really knew who he was. And uh, 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 he, he didn't have anywhere to go preach, you know. But God laid that in his heart. And uh, he just started studying. He started getting sermons ready. What was he doing? He was moving and preparing. He was getting ready. And now that same man probably has enough invitations to last him all the way until into the millennium, you know. Because, you see, he got ready. He prepared. But what if he wouldn't have got ready? What, this is one reason people don't ever go any further than they do. Talking about Christians now. Is because God gives them something, lays something in their heart. But... But they don't move and they don't prepare. See, see what the natural, how the world operates is, like in this example. Once I get all these invitations to go preach, then I'll start writing my sermons. But you see, that's not how faith operates. Faith operates, I start writing my sermons before I have anywhere to preach. Did you get what I just said? See, faith goes just backwards of what the world will do. We've taught you that. 
And so, so you see, in, in, in the world, you have to see it to what? To believe it. But in, in the kingdom of God, you believe it and then what? You see it, you see. And like that preacher, you see, he didn't have anywhere to go preach, but he just started writing sermons. He started getting ready, you see. He started getting ready. He started getting ready. And, and lo and behold, uh, now he's got more places to preach than he knows what to do with, you see. And so that's what, we, that's what a spirit of faith does. A spirit of faith, you'll start moving, you'll start preparing, you'll start getting things ready. You understand that? When there's no reason whatsoever in the natural realm to do so. We're talking about a spirit of what? A spirit of faith, you see. A spirit of faith. And so Noah was divinely warned of things not yet seen. He moved with godly fear. He prepared an ark. And now here's why it's so important to have a spirit of faith about you. He prepared an ark for the saving of his household. Did you know that if you'll uh, have a spirit of faith about you, it, it, can, it, it, can save your house. it can save your family. It can save your children. It can save your loved ones, you know. Did you hear what I just said? Why? Because you'll do things as directed by God and, and, and you'll, get, you'll get in a position where, you see Noah, he got in a position where, where he was able because of that ark to save not only himself but his wife and his sons and their daughters. Is that right? But just think if Noah, just think if Noah would have said, no, 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 Lord, no, now no, Lord, I'm not going to build an ark. I'm not going to build that boat until I first see the rain coming down. Now, that's what, that's what a lot of Christians would do. Got to see the rain. Let me see the storm clouds first, Lord. Let me see some rain come down. And once we see some big storms and, and the rain starts come, not, coming up, now we'll build an ark. See, that's how the world operates, but that's not how God operates. God gets, see, faith comes by what? Hearing and hearing by the word of God. So Noah heard the word. There's a flood coming. Get ready. And so what does he do? He starts moving. He starts preparing, you see. He starts moving. He starts preparing. And it, it took a long time. I don't know. Some say upwards of 100 years to build that ark. And they finally got it built. Did you know anybody could have got on that ark that wanted on that ark? Not just Noah and his family. That ark was available for everybody. That bio, the Bible says that ark is a type of the Lord Jesus Christ. Anybody can get on board. Isn't that wonderful? And, and, and anybody could get on, but, but only, only what? Noah, his wife, and sons and daughter-in-law, those were the only ones that got on there, you see. And he had it ready. He was prepared. How many of you know it would have been too late to start getting ready once that rain started coming down? Right? But he was ready, he was prepared, and then it starts raining, and it saves not only himself, but his whole family. Can you say Amen. amen. Glory to God. Now we move to verse 8. By faith Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he would receive as an inheritance. And he went out, look at this, he went out not knowing where he was going. Think about that. He went out not knowing where he was going. That's what faith is all about. You know, he was Abraham before he was Abraham. His name was Abram. And he was an Ur of the Chaldees and he was a moon worshiper. He was out there howling at the moon. And the word of the Lord came to him and said, Leave your, your father and his household. How many of you know that Abraham was not perfect? He didn't altogether obey God all the way because he took somebody with him. Who did he take? Lot, his nephew. 
Do you know things never did go fully right for him until he separated from Lot? But, but, but Abraham wasn't perfect. He made mistakes. Have you ever made any mistakes? I've made some mistakes. A lot of them. But aren't you glad God doesn't give up on us when we make mistakes? And I tell you what, something about having a spirit of faith, you know, spirit of faith will go ahead and step out. Well, what if I miss God? What if I miss God? Well, what if you don't? But what if you do? You know, God's a fixer of mistakes, isn't he? And, and I like what one good preacher said. Uh, 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 she said, you won't find out until you step out. Is that right? And so, you know, that's what faith is all about, is you hear from God, and like I've taught you, there's a moment in there before you step out that you're wondering, oh my gosh, what in the world am I doing here? I mean, could I be, am I going to miss it? I'm going to step out there, I'm, you know, am I going to look like the village idiot here? If I, but I tell you what, if you got the word of God and you step out on it, God will meet you right there, but he will not meet you until you take that step. Did you understand what I just said? You've got to take that step. You've got to step out there. And so uh, Abraham stepped out. He went out not knowing where he was going. He didn't know where he was going. And, and he went out and he just was headed to, where, to, to the place where God told him to go. As I said, he messed up a lot. And uh, then eventually, in the process of time, and again, he didn't just mess up with Lot. He messed up a lot of times. He finally, the Bible says he finally got right where God wanted him to, wanted him to be. And he was worshiping God. And then, and then by easy stages, he got off of where he was supposed to be. You know, it's real easy to miss God by easy stages, by just a little here, a little there, get off here, a little there, a little. Is that right? And next thing you know, he finds himself in Egypt. That's a type of the world. That's Abraham. He got off. He started out. He did what God wanted him to do. He took his nephew with him, some disobedience there. God's still working with him. God's still using him. Then he really gets off, and when he's in Egypt, he's down there telling half-truths, remember, about his, about his wife, Sarah. Now, he shouldn't be telling... How many of you know half-truth is equal to a whole lie? Is that right? So he's down there lying and going on and so on and so forth, but God never gave up on him. God still used him. Abraham did repent. Finally, he got back to the place where God wanted him, wanted him to be, you know. And then the angels appeared, you know, God and two angels appeared to him and talked to him about him becoming the father of many nations and said in, in, in nine months, you know, your wife is going to have a son. And think about this, Abraham was 100 years old and his wife was 90. Think about that. Think about being 100 years old and your wife 90 and now you're going to have a baby. You couldn't have a baby when, when she was 20 and, and you were 30 because she's barren. See, with God, all things are possible. And, and so Abraham, Abraham had to believe that, you know. He had to have faith. You would have to have a spirit of faith about you, wouldn't you? If you're 100 years old, your wife's 90, and God tells you you're going to have a child, you'd have, to, you'd have to have a spirit of faith about you, wouldn't you? And then it's interesting. Does anybody know when, when, when God told them they were going to have a child, does anybody know what Sarah did? She, she, did, she laughed. Have you ever laughed at a promise of God? Well, if you have... You're in good company, Sarah has. I've had God say things to me, just spoke in my heart over the years, just a few things here or there. And when he, you know, he's just like, <laughs> how could that ever be? How could that ever be? But I tell you what, if God lays it in your heart, it can be. 
But you're going to have to have a spirit of faith and step out. Is that right? You're going to have to move and prepare and get ready. And notice here in verse 11, By faith Sarah herself also received strength to conceive seed, and she bore a child when she was past the age. Does anybody, know, any of you ladies know what that means? She was past the age. I don't need to interpret that for you, do I? All right. You know why? Because she what? Judged him faithful who had promised. You see, people who have a spirit of faith about them will always get to a point where they will judge God faithful who had promised. Even though God spoke something to you, even though he showed you something in his word that he wants you to do, you know, and by the way, if God ever speaks anything to you, it'll line up right with this Bible. Is that right? If it don't line up with this Bible, then you, then you throw it out. Is that right? But, but, but God lays something on your heart to do, and, and, and you laugh about it. You just, oh my gosh, how can this be? God, you must have the wrong person. I'm not the right man for the job, and so on and so forth. And there's a chuckle on the inside. <laughs> Lord, you must, you must have missed it on this one. But I tell you what, if you get past all that and be like Sarah, get to a place where you judge him faithful who had promised. Judge God faithful who had promised. I mean, some of you in here, if you're dealing with physical ailments in your body and you've been, been believing God for a long time and it looks like you're, you're not getting any better but rather getting worse, just feed on this right here. Feed on this verse right here and get to a place like Sarah got to and judge God faithful who had promised. God has already promised that by Jesus Christ's stripes you have been healed. Jesus hung on that cross. He bled and he died not only for... For the, for the salvation of our, our souls and the forgiveness of sins and all of that, but he also bore our sickness and carried that disease, uh, our disease on that cross. And let's judge God faithful who has promised and he's promised to remove our sickness away, away from us. Can you say amen? amen? And let's stand on that. Let's hold on to that. Let's hold on to that like a, like a bulldog to a piece of meat. What do you say? Amen. And don't turn it loose. God has promised us some things. Let's judge him faithful who has promised. And of course, they're promised that they're going to have children. He's 100, she's 90. She was barren all of her life. And, and the Bible says that she judged him faithful who had promised. The Bible also says that Abraham got to a place where he was fully convinced. He was fully and completely persuaded that what God had promised, he was also able to perform. And you see, that's a person that has a spirit of faith about them, that, 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 that's part of their DNA. They, 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 they judge God faithful who has promised. They, they realize that what God has promised, he is able to perform, and they stand on that, and, and they've got a spirit of faith about them. I want to be around people like that. I don't want to be around wishy-washy people. Up one day, down the next. You know, here, here one day, there the next. You know, Saying this one day, saying something the next. I don't want to be around folk like that. I love them, but I don't want to live around people like that, do you? I want to be around people that, that grab a hold of the Word of God and they're consistent with it. They won't turn it loose and they're the same on Monday as they are on Sunday. And they're the same on Thursday as they are on Sunday. Is that right? And they're the same all week long. Amen? Don't just have a spirit of faith about you on Sunday morning. It won't do you any good. Right? We need to have a spirit of faith about us all week long. Is that right? Amen. Amen. And then, 
Notice in verse 17. By faith Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac. You see, now he got Isaac, didn't he? Did they have a child or not? Was God... See, we look back at it now. We look back at it now. We know that Abraham and Sarah got Isaac. But see, when you're looking forward at something, it's not as easy. When you're looking backward at it, it's easy. But did they get Isaac? Did they get him or not? Absolutely. And then, after they got him, what did God ask Abraham to do? He asked Abraham to take Isaac to a mountain that God would show him. And I'll just throw this in for you. It was the same mountain, the same place, approximately, where Jesus Christ, thousands of years later, would die on the cross. Because, see, Isaac is a type of Christ. And, uh, and God told Abraham to go to a certain mountain. And Abraham packed up and he left. And do you know what God told him to do when he got up on that mountain? He told him to lay Isaac on the altar and sacrifice him. Now we want to talk about Bible faith. We want to talk about having Bible faith. We want to talk about a spirit of faith. But I tell you what, a lot of people think they have faith and they don't really have Bible faith. They have a lot of mental ascent going on. But real Bible faith, think about this, Abraham had real Bible faith. And so much so that he took his son and he went up on Mount Moriah and he laid him on that altar and he was so sold out to God that he raised the knife and was ready to plunge it right into his son, which, of course, some thousands of years later, That's where Jesus died. The difference is, is that with Abraham, the angel stopped him before he hit Isaac, didn't he? And there was a ram caught in a thicket. Is that right? Now, now you got to think about something. Did Abraham go to the mountain God told him to go to? Absolutely. And so there was a ram caught in a thicket. You see, if you want God to provide for you, you need to go to the mountain God tells you to go to. There's a lot of people not going to the mountain God told them to go to and they're wondering why that their provision isn't there. You've got to go where God tells you to go to get in on your provision. He told Elijah to go to the brook, to the, go to the brook Cherith, you see. If, if a, there's a lot of Christians who would have said, oh, I don't like that brook. It's, it's not pretty enough. I'm not going there. I'm going to go over to this one over here. Guess what? The ravens wouldn't have showed up with the food. Is that right? And if Abraham would have said, I don't like that mountain, God, I want to go over this one over here. It's prettier. I'm going to go over here. Guess what? Uh, It would have cost him his son his life. Is that right? Because there wouldn't have been a ram in the thicket. See, we've got to hear from God and obey him and do what he tells us to do. And if we'll do that, then, then the ram will be there. The provision will be there. And before that knife hit his son, the angel stopped him. There was a ram in the thicket, you see. But some thousands of years later, God didn't spare his son. See, Abraham had to do what he did for God to do what he did, putting Jesus on that cross. Because he had cut a covenant with Abraham, you see. And I could teach you for hours on that. But aren't you glad that God didn't spare his son on the cross because he died there for you and me? Isn't that wonderful? But nonetheless, you can see that Abraham had a spirit of faith about him. Is that right? Now let's read these verses. Look at verse 17. By faith, Abraham... When he was tested, did you know God will test you? He really will. God will test your faith. He won't tempt you with evil, but he'll test your faith. And he offered up Isaac, who had received the promises. Notice he offered up his only begotten son. 
of whom it is said in Isaac, your seed will be called. Notice verse 19, concluding that God was able. Let's say that. Say, say God is able. Let's say it again. God is able. Come on, one more time. God is able. Concluding that God was able to raise him up even from the dead from which he also received him in a figurative sense. But here's the thing. Let's say it again. Say God is able. See, and we've got to conclude that God is able. Have you concluded that God is able? I have concluded that God is able to perform exactly what he has promised. Glory to God. He's not a man that he should lie. And I tell you what, I'm excited about the promises of God. How about you? I said, I'm excited about the promises of God. How about you? I'd like to see a spirit of faith stirred up in this church. How about you? Praise God. In all of us, a spirit of faith about us. A shout of joy in the camp. What do you say? Glory to God. Notice here in verse 23, By faith Moses, when he was born, was hidden three months by his parents because they saw he was a beautiful child and they were not afraid of the king's command. Notice here, we talk about Moses, but how many of you know his parents had faith? How many of you know, see, they were killing the babies back there then. They were feeding them to the crocodiles. Is that right? But, but, but his parents said, no, we're not going to do this. We're not putting our son... Uh, in the hands of the Egyptians to be slaughtered? Well, how do you avoid that? Well, you take him, and you think about this, ladies, taking your little baby, putting him in a basket, and sending him out into a river that's infested with crocodiles. Now tell me, does it take faith to do that or not? Yes. Takes faith. The Bible says they did that by faith. And of course, God, you see, if you operate by faith, God's got you covered. If you operate by faith, God's got you covered. I said, if you operate by faith, God's got you covered. I said, if you operate by faith, God's got you covered. And think about how, how slick this, one of the slickest things in the Bible, she puts, she puts him in that, in that basket, sends him off, and, and, and in the process of time, what happens? Uh, the Egyptians come down, they take Moses out, Bring him to Pharaoh's daughter. She, he becomes the son of Pharaoh's daughter, you know. How many remember that? You remember that? And Moses' mother, the, 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 the Pharaoh's daughter, said, we've got to find somebody to nurse this kid. And, 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 and guess who gets to nurse uh, Moses? His own mother. You see, if you operate by faith, God's got you covered. Did you, did you get that? She turned him loose. He's headed off for the crocodiles. And the next thing you know, she's got him back safe and sound. Because if she'd have kept him, they're going to kill him. So she releases him by faith into that water. And the next thing you know, she's got him back in a better deal than when she first started. Isn't that wonderful? Don't you see the results of faith? And God, if you operate by faith, God's got you covered. I said, God's got you covered if you operate by faith. I said, God's got you covered if you operate by faith. See, that's coming out by the Spirit of God here. God's got you covered if you operate in faith. If you live in faith, if you have a spirit of faith, you see, you'll, not only that thing, you know that, you know, I'll tell you, that thing you turn loose that you think, don't you think it was hard to turn him loose? 
put him in that, in that basket. But I tell you what, if you live by faith, that thing that you turn loose, remember when I handed the, the, the wallet to my wife and she, remember I didn't want to turn it loose? But I tell you what, that thing you turn loose, it'll come back to you and much more will come back to you because if you live by faith, God's got you covered, glory to God. Amen. Praise God forevermore. I remember that one year we gave that one minister a big offering. And, oh my. But God told me to do it. And that year we had, I'm not going to tell you how much, but I tell you what, we had far more come in that year than what we needed. We've, ne- we've, never, we've never had needs and lacks around here. Say amen. amen. But I mean, it was astronomical that year. I see I turned something loose and we got it back, and we probably got about 50 times more on top of it of what we turned loose in that whole year. Isn't that wonderful? Now, that doesn't happen any year, every year, but it did that year. See, we've got to get to where we trust God. Reason people can't turn loose of things is because they're not trusting God. Yes or no? Now, you don't ever give an offering because a preacher tells you to. You give something because God tells you to. And I tell you what, whatever it is, whatever he tell, whether, whether it's money, whether it's time, whether it's your ability, whatever it is, you do what God tells you to do, and it may be hard to do it and turn it loose, but you turn it loose, God will meet you there, bless God, and you'll not only get what you thought you lost or what you thought you gave away, you'll get it not only you'll get that back, but you'll get something far better because you see, God's got you covered if you're living by faith. Didn't he have Moses' parents covered? And then we can talk about Moses. I'm going to just preach on just a little longer here. Look at verse 24. He refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Wouldn't that be neat to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter? They see by faith. Did you notice every one of these verses starts out just about every one? By faith, by faith, by faith, by faith, by faith. See, all these people live by faith. They had a spirit of faith, refused to be called. See, don't you think it would be hard if you were the son of the president to turn that title down? That's what faith does. Choosing rather to suffer affliction than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin. Esteeming the reproach of Christ, greater riches than the treasures in Egypt. Think about that. Moses was heir to all the treasures in Egypt. He turned it down. He looked to the reward. He forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king. Listen, if you're going to live by faith, you're going to have to, you will. If you're living by faith, you won't fear what people say about you. You won't care what people say about you. It won't bother you in the least. You won't fear it. You won't fear man or beast. I tell you what, you get a spirit of faith on you, I tell you what, you won't fear man or beast. There'll be no fear about you if you're flowing in, in, in the full measure of the spirit of faith. And you'll be able to forsake things. And he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king. He endured as seeing him who is invisible. You think about this for just a minute. He, he looks like, oh my gosh, Moses, my goodness, you're giving up. He was, he was going to be the Pharaoh. We're allowed to say Pharaoh. He was going to be the Pharaoh. He was going to be the top man. Think about that. And he turned it all down. He walked away from it. Now, now follow me in this. He walked away from it. 
looks like, what a great loss. Oh my gosh, Moses, you're crazy. You're going to be the most powerful man in the whole world. Well, let me tell you something right now. If you won't obey God, God will find somebody else to obey him. And if you won't do what God told you to do, he'll get somebody else. Moses obeyed God. If he wouldn't have obeyed God, God would have got somebody else. And so guess what would have happened? Moses would have ascended to the throne. He would have become the Pharaoh, the most powerful man on the planet Earth. But guess what just laid out in Pharaoh's future? A drowning in the Red Sea. Oh, Moses looks like he gave up a whole lot. But see, he was obeying God. And he didn't, what did he really give up? He gave up a drowning in the Red Sea. In the natural, it looks like he gave up a whole bunch. But he didn't give up anything. He just gave up an early death. And God used him, and he saw some of the most powerful miracles that have ever been seen on planet Earth. Can you say amen? amen. Did God have him covered? You see, when we live by faith, when we have a spirit of faith, it looks like we're giving up so much. It looks like it's costing us so much. Didn't cost him anything. It pays to serve God. I said it pays to serve God. I said it pays to serve God. I've been serving God now since I've been a little kid, and God's blessed me on every side. He's blessed me with a beautiful wife. He's blessed me financially, blessed me every way you can imagine. Can you say amen? Look at verse 28. By faith he kept the Passover, sprinkling of blood. What did God tell him to do in that? He said there's going to be the death angel go through the land, go kill a lamb and put put blood on the doorpost. Remember that? Now that doesn't make any sense, does it? How How can a little blood from a lamb protect us from the death angel? Did it take faith to do that? And they put the blood on the doorposts and on the altar, and the death angel came through, and everybody who was inside a house was protected. All the firstborns were spared. It took faith, didn't it? Look at verse 29. By faith they passed through the Red Sea as by dry land. How many of you know Moses standing out there that he had Pharaoh on one side? He had the Red Sea on the other. And, 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 and what, what does he have? He's got nothing out there but his rod. What did he do? At the direction of God, by faith, he lifted that rod. Remember that? How many seen him do that on television? <laughs> and, uh, but you think about that. And it, did it take faith to raise that rod? Because he's got all these people watching, and what if it don't work? 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 Well, what if it does? And he raised it, and guess what happened? It worked. But did it take faith to raise the rod? Look at verse 30. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after they were encircled for seven days. Did it take faith to walk around there? God said, walk around once a day for six days. On the seventh day, go seven, and then blow the trumpets and shout. Now, that makes no sense in the natural realm, does it? These were powerful walls and a mighty city. 
you would think you'd have to take it by conquest. No, you obey God, and if you live by faith, God's got you covered. And they did just what God said do, and when they blew those horns and shouted, guess what? The walls came down, but they, every step of the way as they're walking, every step of the way as they're walking, guess what? They're walking by what? By faith. They're walking by faith, walking by faith, walking by faith, walking by faith. And then the Bible says in verse 32, we could talk about all these sake of time. Notice it goes on in there, talks about David. How many of you know when David faced a giant, how many of you know it takes faith to face a giant? And he went out there, he had his slingshot. All he had was his slingshot in the name of the Lord. Glory to God. But it takes a spirit of faith. Think about this spirit of faith that David had. When he came down there, he brought some cheese down to his brothers. And, uh, and Goliath was out there defying the armies of the living God. And uh, 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 didn't it take faith? I mean, all those other people were cowards and, and cowering around. And David said, Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that mocks the armies of the living God? Isn't that a spirit of faith talking there? Yeah, and, 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 and in a long story short, he went out there and, and Goliath told him how he was going to eat David's lunch, you know. And David said, you know, you come at me with this, that, and the other, a sword and a spear. But he said, I come at you in the name of the Lord God Almighty. Can you say, glory to God, can you say amen? And he took that giant down, glory to God. He did it by a spirit of faith. If you're facing a giant in your life, Get a spirit of faith about you and be like David and go out there with the name of the Lord. And I tell you what, take that giant down and cut off his head with the word of God. Praise God forevermore. The Bible talks about in verse 33, if you read into verse 33, stopping the mouths of lions. Who stopped the mouths of lions in the Old Testament? It was, it was Daniel, wasn't it? And Daniel was a man of prayer. They passed a law that you can't pray anymore. And guess what? Daniel prayed all the more. Is that right? He just kept praying. He just kept praying. And they passed the law. And they said that anybody who prays is going into the lion's den. And he, he just kept right on. To, you know, we keep right on doing what God tells us to do. I don't care what law they might pass in the land. The Bible says we ought to obey God rather than man. Now, we ought to follow the laws of the land. We ought to be law-abiding citizens. We ought to do all that definitely. But if they ever pass the law that 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 said i couldn't if they ever passed a law and said well you can't preach on this bible subject or you can't preach on that bible subject and if you do you're going to go into the prison then we're going to find out if i've got a spirit of faith about me but i trust that i'd stand here and i'd say thus saith the lord god and preach then just like i'm preaching now praise god even if they throw me in prison if i'm doing it in faith guess what somebody's got me covered his name would be god isn't that wonderful to know and so they they passed a law and they said that if you uh, uh, if you continue to pray you're going into the lion's den and Daniel he kept right on a praying praise God they threw him into the lion's den and those lions were so fierce you know but he went in there and the Bible says that God sent his angel and shut the lion's mouth why because you see they, uh, Daniel had, uh, had, 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 had God had him covered glory to God and those lions were so fierce that when the king finally had his soldiers thrown in there, they ate those soldiers up before those lions ate them up before they ever hit the bottom of the floor. Is that right? See? See, why is that? Because when those soldiers went in there, they didn't go in in the spirit of faith. But if you've got a spirit of faith about you, doesn't the Bible say that the devil goes around as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour? 
Yes or no? Come on, get a spirit of faith about you. Help me out a little bit. Praise God. Come on, help me out a little bit. Doesn't the Bible say that the devil goes around as a roaring lion seeking those whom he may devour? Is that right or not? Yes or no? Yes or no? Absolutely. Praise God forevermore. Well, let's have a spirit of faith about us, and and God will send an angel and shut the lion's mouth. Amen. Glory to God. Praise God. If you want to have a spirit of faith about you, let there be an amen about you now and then. Have a smile. Come on now. Come on now. I'm trying to help you out. Glory to God. Thank you. I need that. Come on. Praise God. Hallelujah. It's fire. It's fire in the Holy Ghost. Amen. Praise God forevermore. Do you like this stuff? Absolutely. 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 And uh, you see, uh, uh, I, I, I... I not only have to spirit of fa- have to have a spirit of faith about me, but you have to have a spirit of faith about you. If we want to get everything God has for us, we both have to have spirits of faith about us. How many of you know if you've got a spirit of faith about you, you won't sleep through this message? Huh? Is that right? People, that, now, now unless you're 100 years old, now I'll give you that if you're 100 years old, you know. But even if you're, how many of you know, if you're 120, Moses was 120, and he was still just as sharp as when he was 40. Is that right? Why is that? Because he had a what? A spirit of faith about him. Glory to God. Let's have spirits of faith about us. Praise God. What do you say? You know, one of the worst things that's happened in this nation is a spirit of entertainments falling on the churches. You see it during worship service. I, 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 the Lord told me to say this when I was standing there, and I'm going to say it. We need to hear it. You remember Martin Luther? It's in the bulletin. He used to have the whole congregation come to music practice every week so that the whole congregation would sing to the Lord. Is that right? Absolutely. But you see, when I was among the Baptists, thank God for the Baptists, I got born again among the Baptists, and in the Baptist church, we all came and we sang, and and not only was the worship leader singing, but the worship team, but the whole congregation was singing. But among the charismatics over the last 10, 15 years, I call it a spirit of entertainment has fallen on the churches, many of them. And so people come anymore, and they don't come to participate so much to sing. Some do, but most don't. They come to be entertained. And you know, the same thing really is true in the preaching. You know, when I'm, up here, when, I, when, I, when I'm up here teaching, that's a time to sit there and listen. But I tell you what, when a spirit of faith gets to moving, if you want to draw all of it, I'm not talking about hilarity now, but just I'm talking about, amen, pastor, let's go, praise God. A little bit of that, I tell you what, see, like this service right here, we're only getting about 40% out of what God has for us. Now, I'd like to get all of it. How about you? But in order to do that, you've got to have a spirit of faith about you, just like me. I'm not talking about a bunch of hilarity. But don't just sit there and listen. Say amen once in a while. Help me out a little bit. You see what I'm saying? Can you do that? Can you do that? Is that asking for too much? Can you do it? It helps, you see. I know most people are just sitting listening. But don't ever let a spirit of entertainment get on you. Be a participant. Are you okay? Well, I'm just so quiet and reserved. Well, let a spirit of faith break some of that off of you a little bit. I'm not talking about acting, standing up and dancing around, acting crazy. I'm just, just a, you know what, do you know what I'm talking about? Do you or don't you? Do you think I just chewed you out? I didn't. I'm just, I just, maybe I'm talking to somebody on that television camera back there. Maybe they're sitting in their living room. Hello, I always wanted to say hello out there in television land. 
Hello there. Right out there in television. We're on television right now. Did you know that? Through Facebook. She, knew, she only sets that thing up. See, she moves by a spirit of faith. Talking Brandy right over there. She only sets that up when she knows I'm going to preach a humdinger and a good one. Though. And her and I don't talk. So when I came in and she's setting that thing up back there, I'm thinking, she must know I got a good one for today. Boy, that's hilarious. Hello out there. If you're visiting, you're going to think I'm crazy, but I'm really not. I'm full of faith. And you know what? I'm fully well, too. And I got all my needs met. People, you call me crazy all you want, but I, I've got a good marriage. I've got all my needs met. I'm fully well. Everything's wonderful. Isn't that wonderful? So you call me crazy all you want. You know, one reason that, I'm, that, that things have gone the way that they have is even from the time I was this age over here, these little kids over here, I'd come to church and I'd, I'd hang on every word the preacher was preaching. Absolutely. I wouldn't sit there and play with my little games and I'd have my Bible and I'd have my book open and I'd be listening, hanging on every word. That's how you get to be 56 years old and blessed on every side. Glory to God. Can you say amen? Amen. I said, can you say amen? Amen. I said, can you say amen? Amen. Glory to God forevermore. Well, I'm going to finish this. If you need to leave, well, you can go, but I'm almost done. Let's go on here now. Who are we just talking about? Look at verse 34. Quench the violence of fire. Who quenched the violence of fire? I'm almost done. Who quenched the violence of fire? Who quenched the violence? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Remember King Nebuchadnezzar made a statue and said, bow down when the music plays or you're going into the fiery furnace. How many remembers that? And so they played the music. Did they bow down? No. And you know what else they said? They said, King... We're not going to bow down to your statue because we know that our God, see, we know that our God, did it take faith to make this declaration? We know that our God is well able to deliver us. But even if he doesn't, we still aren't going to bow down. And see, I, now I want to be around those people. I said, I, you know why? Because they're fireproof. You know how you get to be fireproof? You get to be fireproof where the devil can't burn you when you have this kind of an attitude is that, that I'm not going to bow to the devil because God is well able to deliver me. But even if God doesn't deliver me, I'm still not going to bow to that devil. And you get that kind of an attitude about you. I tell you what, that's a spirit of faith talking there. And they had that attitude. And Nebuchadnezzar stoked the furnace up seven times hotter than it was before. They threw, he threw Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in. Glory to God. But somebody showed up. His name was the fourth man. His name is Jesus. Glory to God. And that fourth man showed up. Praise God forevermore. Can anybody say amen? amen. See, they had a spirit of faith. And God had them what? Covered. Now you respond. That's a little bit better, isn't it? They escaped the edge of the sword. They were out of weakness. They were made strong. See, if you're weak in your body, if you're weak in your mind, if you're weak in any way, if you're weak in your finances, get a spirit of faith about you and you'll be made strong. Become valiant in battle. Glory to God. How many of you want to be valiant in battle? Get a spirit of faith about you. See, there's a spirit of faith on me right now. And and, and I tell you, I'm... uh, Can you see that boldness here? See, that's a spirit of faith. That's that boldness. I wish I could have this on me all the time. Glory to God to this degree. It's fun. 
They turn to flight the armies of the aliens. I'd like to turn the devil away and run him down the street. How about you? Women receive their dead raised again to life. See, it pays to live by faith, doesn't it? And we could go on and on and on. Stand with me if you would. I've preached long enough. Bow your heads, please. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, there'll be some men and women standing up here in the front. When I dismiss in just minutes from now or seconds from now, you come up and say, hey, I want to receive Jesus. He'll come into your heart. You'll miss hell. You'll make heaven. And he'll make your life worth living in the meantime. Receive Jesus and not only will you miss hell for eternity, but he can take you out of that hell you're living in here on the earth right now. Whatever that is. So when I dismiss, just walk up here and say, hey, introduce me to